epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. My co-host Lang Whitaker of Slam Magazine is in New York. Lang, what's happening? How are you, Seku? You ready for tonight? I'm ready, man. I am ready for tonight and uh, every night for the next, what, eight <laughs> eight months? <laughs> I was thinking about today. I think like Twitter and social media makes the offseason feel like it takes longer because everyone's just talking about every day and, you know, like there's – there's all this talk, 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 and now finally we get to watch the games. I know. I'm I'm hoping that we haven't talked ourselves crazy, and then you get to the games and yeah. you're kind of exhausted the first month or so. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's that time of year when everything is going on. You know, NFL, colleges, yeah. the NBA season starts. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up, as always, because whenever the games start, you know, you get a chance to see this stuff in action. And uh, we got a loaded, loaded show today uh, for the regular season debut of the Hangtime Podcast. And before we get started, since you haven't asked me lately, Lang, I just wanted to give you a quick update. The Smyrna Spartans are oh, in the it was, it was coming. I was yeah, ready. I mean, you have, you've been ignoring them the last couple of weeks. I don't know why. Maybe it was our I didn't little want to losing streak. It. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was our struggles that uh, had you shine away from the program. But uh, you can put your skull cap on. We are back. We're in the playoffs this week, taking on the undefeated Hiram Hornets. So cross your toes. <laughs> Get out your rabbit's foot, all that good stuff. We need all the good karma we can get. Thank you. Let me ask you a question. Do all the teams have to have consonants between their uh, first and last? uh... (laughs) No, that's just just a sneaky coincidence. Um, (laughs) Listen, man, I've never been more invested in in anything than making sure this team had a successful season. (laughs) If we didn't make the playoffs, I'm not sure I could have shown my face around here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's that? You got some trick trick plays lined up or anything? What? We are pulling out the old Bobby Bowden, you know, bag of tricks. I'm talking about reverse passes. Fumble Ruski. The Fumble Ruski, the Statue of Liberty, you name it. It's all coming out Saturday. We're leaving it all on the field. <laughs> the team beat somebody 72 to nothing Saturday night. The team we play, they beat some kids 72 to zero Saturday night. Did you guys play that? Have you guys played that team that lost 72 to zero? No, unfortunately. I wish we'd have uh, played them three or four times. We probably would have a better record. <laughs> 
<laughs> so is, but, this the cha- is this the championship game? No, no, no. This is just nah. the first round of the playoffs. So it's, it's oh. win or go home time, baby. It's, it's going to be our last rendezvous for the season. So I need, I need everybody root. Hey, Micah, Christy, every, I need everybody rooting for the Smyrna Spartans this week. Serious business now. All right. When's, I, the, when's the game? Saturday at 4 o'clock. I'll be watching Georgia, Florida. But good luck. You can, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna live stream this puppy on, on the Hang Time blog. So you need to you need to get on there. It's gonna be like it's gonna be our U stream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gonna be real now. We we got some we got some serious stuff going on here. But right. listen, before we before we go any further, you didn't give us an update on your uh, vacation last week in Florida. How'd it go? I haven't been on since the vacation. I mean, yeah, I'm saying I, last night. I haven't talked to you. Yet. I'm saying how'd it go? It was good. The uh, I did a lot of nothing. Uh, <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do on a vacation. Yeah, exactly. I had I had some writing stuff to do, so I, I you know spent a couple hours every day doing that. But uh-huh. uh, probably the most exciting slash interesting thing that happened was when I got attacked by a jellyfish <laughs> in the ocean. Wait a minute. He I don't picked know you out of all those people. He just decided well, I'm going to attack. That's the you. thing. There weren't a lot of people there because, you know, like, I guess school's going on. So, <laughs> yeah, you family, guess. <laughs> families aren't on vacation. So, um, the beaches were pretty empty, which was nice. But, uh, yeah, one day it was warm. It was in the 80s and uh, the water was, wasn't too cold. So, one day I was sitting in the, I, I went in the ocean. It was only like about three feet deep, maybe. But I was sitting down in the water and uh, I felt like a, I felt like I got stung by a bee on my arm. Uh huh. And uh, it was on my left arm, but then my right arm felt like the same thing, and both my feet. And I was like, well, I'm either having a stroke or I got stung by a jellyfish. So I, I, of course. I, I started swimming as fast as I could into the, to the shore, uh-huh. and I pulled this thing off my arm. It was like a long hair kind of, I don't know, it was like a, maybe a tentacle? I don't know. I pulled it off. Uh-huh. And immediately, like, I started getting, like, red welts all over my arms and feet and everything. So I found a lifeguard down the beach and he said yeah that's a jellyfish sting he said that's the second one today and i was like well shouldn't you put up the sign <laughs> tell us how many people have to get stung before you start warning people there's jellyfish attacking <laughs> so from now on i don't know i'm i'm, I'm an anti-jellyfish now i guess so i mean you're not the only person around here who's been attacked by a killer jellyfish it's true i got i got stung once when i was little so i hate going in the ocean i was scuba diving a couple years ago or snorkeling i guess i'm not cool enough to do actual <laughs> scuba but I, I was like looking down at fish and then i looked up and there was one like right in my face and if you know in like cartoons when someone like <laughs> like uh runs in place and then takes yeah. off that was like me underwater going the opposite direction nice so so we have killer jellyfish on the loose I don't know. I don't know why it attacked me. Maybe it thought I was one of its own or something. <laughs> <laughs> Saw me in the water with my shirt off. You were the King like, Kahuna yeah. jellyfish. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. But yeah, they came after me, but I I, I lived to tell about it, and uh, it's all all better now. So that, that I guess if that's the most exciting thing that happens on your vacation, that's a pretty good vacation. Yeah. Uh, well, anybody taking vacation, uh, you know, this late in in the calendar year, you. You, well, you're look, doing well. I mean, we both know what's going on because <laughs> from today until like end of June. Yeah, there is no vacation. Yeah, not for us. Yeah, so. there's no vacation. Now that's good though. I'm I'm glad you're safe though. I'm glad we didn't read about you uh, on Slam Online getting uh, <laughs> gobbled up by some killer jellyfish. So I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> so to, happy happy that you are with us. Listen, another thing that uh, we we need to get our hands on. I know you've been on vacation, but have you seen this com- this Nike commercial, LeBron's yes, Nike commercial? I have. Um, 
thought – I mean, I, I thought it was pretty good. I uh, did too. I've seen a lot of different reactions to it. Some people think it's brilliant. Some people think it's, you know, ah, same old LeBron, here he is again. I just thought the awareness that he showed, like, you know, he's not going to – he would have he looked really foolish trying to make a commercial and not addressing all of the stuff that's going on the last three and a half months. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? Like, he, it's not like he addressed part – I mean, he addressed pretty much all of it. Yeah. He got his shots in. He, he took a yeah. shot at Chuck, at Charles yeah. Barkley. He got He got Jordan, you know, with the part about should I just sell shoes? Yeah. I mean – I thought it was pretty. Uh, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, I, I, I actually own one pair of his signature shoes that I bought. Yeah. Um, years ago, probably three or four years ago, they were like this gray, this funky color combination. I don't even remember where I got them, and it's the only pair of his shoes that I've ever owned. I actually like the shoes. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what these these latest uh, kicks of his feel like, or if they, if they're. Uh, Top flight. I certainly don't need him to play basketball in. I got um, a pair of one of the ones he wore. You know, like I think it was two years ago, he wore like the special edition ones for the different games. Uh-huh. And a friend of mine at Nike sent me a pair of the the New York ones that he wore. They're like candy apple red. Uh huh. Um, and I don't I don't collect shoes. I wear them. I know a lot of people who collect <laughs> them. And you know, there's a lot of dudes like our friend Russ collects them. And you know, they, they have shoes in the closet just stacked up in the box. But I actually wear them and. So I was kind of excited to get this pair of shoes, and, and they were uh, the wrong size. <laughs> yeah, really. So they're still sitting here in a box under my desk somewhere. Very nice. I mean, I, I collect and wear, Yeah. Um, as you know. Uh, in fact, I, I believe I've had you broker me a pair or two. And we might need to do a sneaker show at some point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we could do that. We yeah. could definitely do that. Because um, yeah. you know as well as I do, most of the guys that are into the game are into, Yeah. you know, the uniforms, the shoes, and all, you know, everything else that goes along with it. So. A lot of the players too. I mean, like Josh. I know our man Josh Childress. Yeah, yeah. I've seen his shoes. Yeah. I've seen his stash. It is impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I was, I've never, I haven't had sneaker envy very often in my life. <laughs> but I walked in there and I, you know, I was like a little kid. I was like, look at all these shoes. And I've heard, I've heard there are a lot of other guys like Mike Bibby. I heard has a garage full out in Phoenix mm-hmm. that I've yet to see that I've heard is pretty impressive. All Jordan, yeah. you know, Jordan stuff. So it's uh. It'll be interesting. We need to we need to look into that. Maybe we can get Mike on the case and see if we can do a live remote from Mike Bibby's garage or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but listen, op- opening night, you know, and then there's three games on opening night, but Wednesday night is really the kicker in, t- in terms yeah. of a full slate of games. 13, 13 games uh, to, to dive into on a second day. Who is it laying other than the obvious, like other than Miami? You know, other than this this Miami Boston matchup on Tuesday, I mean, other than those marquee matchups, who, what other teams or players are you really looking forward to watching right at the outset of the season? I think there's a couple of teams that um, that you don't really know what you're going to get from them, like the Knicks. I think the Knicks are a team that's kind of on that playoff bubble, yeah. Um, and you don't really know how they're all going to fit together with all these, you know, with Felton and Amari and the new guys, how they're going to play. Um, I'm curious. Uh, to stay in this general region to see the Sixers with Doug Collins. Right. And um, with Iguodala coming off his uh, turn at the World Championships, how he plays. Um, and then there's other teams like like Milwaukee, I think, is going to be a team to be reckoned with this year. Um, Oklahoma City, you know, as good as they were last year, are they going to improve on that? Are they going to be better? Um, uh, and then, you know, Atlanta, too. Uh, just 
that's my favorite team. But also, I'm curious how they work with Larry Drew and the new offense and the new defense they're going to run. Sure. Yeah, I, you know, I got a, several teams I like that are like my pet teams. Everybody knows the yeah. Grizzlies on my squad, so I'm always watching them. You know, the team that though that really intrigues me this season, and mostly because I'm not sure what we're going to get out of them. Two teams actually. All right. Denver. Uh huh. Because I'm I just want to know how this team operates. With, with this thing hanging over their head, this cloud, obviously, about, Le, you know, Carmelo Anthony and his his future and, you know, what that means for that franchise. And then Portland. Right. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, and I, I've been into it with a lot of fans from Portland who think I'm nuts um, for not thinking more highly of their team. I'm not sure that this Portland team is as good as everybody thinks it is on paper. Like, I need to see how they operate. Knowing that Prisbilla, Joe Prisbilla, and Greg Oden are not going to be a part of that rotation right away, yeah. And if they can, you know, get out the gates and have have a strong start to their season. I mean, they made some moves. You know, obviously Jerry Bayless is gone. Um, you know, Martell Webster. They've made some some I would call them significant changes to their rotation. Yeah. Uh, since last season, so I'm curious to see if they have what it takes to be the kind of team their fans expect them to be. And I'm I, not I mean, I'm not sure those things line up. Didn't we have when we had Ben Golliver on? Yeah, we had Ben on about ago. that. Yeah. And he talked. I mean, I agree with him. Like the thing with them is their health, you know, and keeping everybody healthy, getting Odin back. Uh, if Prisbilly can get in there and and getting those guys in and keeping them healthy and keeping Brandon Roy healthy for the entire year. Right. Um, I mean, I think if that team is all healthy, I mean, they're they're yeah, as I think Ben was saying that the fans would mostly consider they got to get to the second round to be successful this year and. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think they could do it. I'm, I just, I don't, the West is so, like, what was it last year, Portland? Uh, I mean, there were so many teams in the West that were, you know, 45 win teams. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you're barely making the playoffs with that. So I, I'm curious how that plays out. You know, another team um, I was thinking about as we were talking that I, I'm, I just don't know how they all fit together and how it's all going to work. Or, or really, what's the ceiling? Two two teams in in Texas, Dallas and Houston. Right. You know, um, yeah. there's a lot of questions that we're going to get answered. I think in the next three or four weeks. No doubt about um, it. No doubt. Think know? about Phoenix. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen either. A lot. Like Steve Nash said something about it. Amari has mentioned like guys almost kind of you know extinguish some of the expectations surrounding their teams. Like you know, hey, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll be better. You know, if I don't know how much better we'll be than we were last year. And I think Nash said something. I'm, I'm paraphrasing dramatically here, but basically said, hey, you know, I'm not guaranteeing we're a playoff team type thing. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if it's just you go through a month of training camp, maybe you're beat up. You don't, you know what I'm saying? You're not playing with the same group. You don't feel like, you know, you have a chance to win a championship necessarily and your outlook changes or what. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think you're right. I think the first three or four weeks of this season more than any other, yeah, and I and I've heard a lot of people say this is the most anticipated NBA season of all time. I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm ready to 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 jump off that cliff, but it's certainly one of the more intriguing starts to an NBA season I can remember. Only because there's so much still in the air about so many different teams. Um, yeah, and and I think it starts like I said with that that uh, Tuesday night appetizer where you get yeah. you know you get some of the the contenders. At least three, not, three of the four teams that we expect to be in the mix for the NBA Finals and certainly for their conference finals. I, mean, I think it's six playoff teams. Yeah. You know? I mean, Phoenix, yeah. Portland, and Houston are all should be in the, in the mix, at least for the playoffs, too. So Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's not, it's it's almost like starting with the entree tonight <laughs> or Tuesday night. They have the three really good games. Yeah, and and then we kind of dive in on Wednesday night yeah. with with another round of uh, of interesting stuff. And listen, since Micah says I love to start my sentences with the word listen, I was going to try and do that with every single <laughs> sentence this week. Um, you don't have to try, Seku. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and do that every sentence. Uh, You're off to a good start. Yes, uh, but now I, I want to make sure we we mention that we again we have. A couple of special guests coming up on the show today, um, so we'll see if we can't get that rolling. But before we we get to the anything else, one more question I wanted to ask you specifically, Lang. The New York Knicks—they're starting two second-round picks, I believe, rookie second-round picks. All right. You know, Mike Dan. I know Mike D'Antoni's taken a lot of hits the last couple of years. You know, since leaving Phoenix and and going to the Knicks and dealing with all the struggles and the the drama that goes on there. Do you? I mean, you're you're there in New York. Do you do you sense that people in New York, that Knicks fans, feel like they have a team that can, can a contend for the playoffs, and still maybe do even more than that if they get their hands on Carmelo Anthony this season, or does the does D'Antoni starting these guys kind of send a different signal to everybody? No, I don't think it sends any. I don't think it changes any expectations. You know, I think really. Here in New York, I mean, people were talking about the Yankees up until this week, and now everyone's talking about the Giants and the Jets, you know, right, like, right. and they're both playing great. So, um, I mean, the the one thing people have talked about the Knicks the last couple of months has been Amare, and he's been all over the place here in New York doing <laughs> appearances on TV, you know, everywhere, um, and been in the papers. And, and um, I, it gives the Knicks that guy, that franchise-type guy. Um, and he loves doing that kind of stuff. He likes being in the spotlight, doesn't mind being out and about. And I think that, um, you know, it kind of gives the Knicks fans someone to look to and, and to, to hang on to. Uh, I, you know, I, I do think they're a playoff team. I think they're probably going to sneak in in the, the bottom of the playoffs, but um, you know, obviously they're not going to contend for a title this year. So uh, I think the question with the Knicks is, do you, do you go all out just to make the playoffs this year? Or are you trying to build for a few years down the road? And um, you know, I think you get Amari in there. Gallinari is playing well. Felton, um, the new center, Mozgov, I can't even say his name. That's a good, that's uh, a good guess. Um, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be okay. I don't, you know, and the, the best, the best thing they have going for them is D'Antoni's system, which a lot of guys come in and, and you know, maybe you're a second round pick, but it makes you into a, a viable rotation guy in the NBA playing in that system. Sure. I, that's a, a age old dilemma for me in terms of what do you do when you're, you're kind of in that same room as the Knicks? Do you, do you shoot for the stars and, you know, say, hey, you know, our big thing is making the playoffs. Even if we just get the eighth seed, you know, you got to kind of start somewhere. Or are you plotting long term when you're not competing for a championship? Michael, I mean, you, you've been around an operation that was in that, in that space when you worked for the Hawks. What is the what do you prefer? What is the mindset or the, the attitude you prefer out of a team? Well, the thing is, and by the way, I start every sentence with well, um, <laughs> With the Knicks, I don't think you can consider the Knicks like you do other franchises because Why? it seems to me that they always go for the short-term fix. <laughs> they don't ever seem to say, well, let's rebuild and let's take it slowly. I mean, they sort of did with, you know, jetting all the contracts and getting everything ready for the summer of 2010. But I just don't see that being in their nature. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that you'll see them continue to try to be patient. I think they'll end up 
caving to fan pressure to be good and selling out to get, you know, the eight or the seven or something like that right. and hoping that it works out long-term in addition. I think the thing you learn from the way the Hawks did it is, is you know, you pick a way you're going to rebuild, but then you have to stick to it. Yeah. And it's going to be terrible. Like, there's going to be there you win 13 games. But, you know, you set yourself up to, to go get a Joe Johnson and then to draft an Al Horford and a Josh Smith and a Marvin Williams and these guys. Um, but but you have to be patient with it, and you have to understand that there's going to be a couple of years where it's really tough and not that interesting to watch, and yeah. uh, and you have to stick to it. And I think the Knicks are going to, and then that's what I think. Donnie Walsh thus far has done a good job of of sticking to this plan and and trying to to build it up from the ground up, basically. Yeah, another team that I think is in the same realm, or at least in the same conversation on the clear opposite side of the country, is the Golden State Warriors. Right. You know, it's like, what do you do? You know, Nelly's gone now, so it's Key Smart show to to kind of run as he sees fit. You got a new ownership group, you know, um, you know, basically in place and set to run things their way. I'm I'm just wondering, what do you, you know? What are your goals? What are your realistic goals when you're a, a a lottery team year after year and you have to figure out? Do we try and take a giant step? you know, and make some giant splash by acquiring these players or that play, or do you take it the slow, painful route? Because I don't know that there's a, a definitive answer. I, the Boston Celtics were horrible the year before they assembled the big three and won a championship. So, I mean, there are successes and failures on both on both sides, obviously. I'm just curious, is it determined by, your, you know, the market you're in, the fan base, what they'll tolerate? You know what I mean? I, it's yeah. so much different stuff. The variables, variables are so much a part of what goes on in this in this calculation. I'm just curious. So I think all of that. Yeah, for which team? It, yeah, for which? What would you do if um, you're a certain team? Like I'll tell you another thing. Interesting thing that caught my eye. Like I read a headline where the like I don't know if it was a writer. I, I need to go back and double check the story. Like basically, a columnist in Chicago was saying, "Well, you know, Bulls are Bulls are good enough to make it to the second round of the playoffs." And it was kind of like I remember them talking something a whole lot more ambitious than that in the dead of summer, and now it's become, you know, with Boozer's injury, you know, Noah's been banged up in the preseason, and now it's you had a chance to see this team together a little bit, you know, yeah. with the new pieces, and now it's kind of like, well, they're a second, second-round playoff type team, not necessarily the championship contender we may have thought, you know. Well, I think you also look at what Boston's done and what Miami's done <laughs> and, <laughs> and Orlando, and, you're, you know, you're going to be reality, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you – as good as any team in the East is going to be, you have to go through those teams. And until you can get through those teams and you know you can get through those teams, you know, I think you have to temper your expectations. That's a good point. Get the, those three teams, obviously, the, the, the top of the heap in yeah. the Eastern Conference. Who's, who are the teams on, you know, on the other side of the bracket? Who are the teams in the West, you think, after the Lakers that, that stack up in that top three or four? I think Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know it, I know they're young and – they were the eighth seed last year, but I mean, we, we all, I mean, they were, they finished fourth in their division last year, but they were only three games out of first. Um, and you know, the other team, I'm, we haven't even talked to them. I'm curious to see how they come together this year is Utah with, with Al Jefferson now. Yeah. Um, and it gives them like a, a, a post presence who can score in the post. Um, how he teams with Darren Williams and, and, uh, you know, fits in Sloan system, uh, so I, but I, I do. Th- I mean, I think LA is the class of the West, and the other teams. It's kind of like in the East. There's three teams that you're kind of looking at, 
in the West, I think it's really just LA. And then there's a couple teams below them, but, um, you know, I, I think LA is, is kind of obviously the team to beat out West. Let me ask you this Lang, because I mean, it's not obviously going out on a limb to say that the Lakers are the team to beat, but at the same right. time, remember last year, I remember on the, certainly on the podcast, we had several conversations about were they, was it, was it over? Kobe was hurt, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 yeah. blah. They did end up taking the title. The thing that's interesting to me about the West this year is, you know, you talk about like Chicago, for example, in the East, like Boozer's out, but you figure the Bulls will probably still have enough time over the course of the season to right. round back into shape. Maybe they won't win quite as many games as you would have thought if everybody was healthy to start the season. There are so many good teams in the West. I don't, I, I don't know that a team can afford to have a play. You know, like the Blazers, for example, without those guys in the middle. I don't know if there's enough room to give other teams a head start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just pulled it up because I was curious. Last year, the eighth team in the playoffs in the West was Oklahoma City, and they won 50 games. <laughs> you know, so every team in the playoffs won 50 games in the West. Um, and then the the team, the ninth place team, the team that didn't make the playoffs was Houston, and they finished two games over 500. So I think that they're, uh, you know, if you look at the West, you know, maybe there's a little wiggle room, Micah, between finishing you know in the playoffs and, and not finishing the playoffs i think i think you know la's most likely you know injuries aside that they're the number one seed um and then i think if you're one of these other teams you just you just kind of have to hope you can stay healthy enough all year to get in and uh but yeah like you said they, they might not there might not be time to gel or come together or whatever like because because enough of these teams get off to a hot start then you're stuck all season behind them let me ask you guys this if there is a new playoff team in the West from last year, mm-hmm. who is out? I, whoever has injuries. Stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, or I mean, if Denver trades Carmelo and decides to rebuild, you know, maybe that's the team you would look at if they yeah. if they decide to to try to re, rebuild everything this year. I mean, but then again, they won the division last year. No, yeah, I, I mentioned something on the blog the other day uh, about this very thing, like you know. Whenever somebody rises, you know, whenever somebody goes up the yeah. food chain, you know, in terms of the playoffs, somebody has to come down. And and I, I'm, we always go back to the Hawks because that's kind of like yeah. ground zero for the three of us in terms of a team we all, you know, been around. have been around and watched intently. But I remember distinctly when the Hawks started crawling up the, the, the ladder, the Washington Wizards were breaking apart. Like somebody has to come down in order for a team to go up. And I think in the West, specifically, Mike, I asked about the West, I think that team this year is either the Denver Nuggets, you know, or Houston. Because I think Houston's got a big gamble on their hands. They're either gambling that Yao Ming can play, you know, 24 minutes a night and that's good enough, you know, or he can't and they're the same team they were last year, you know, basically, with Yao playing in a very limited role. So I think it has to be one of those teams that's kind of on the borderline um, mm-hmm. to making the you know a team that's at that crossroads crossroads where they can either go up or down and you're just not sure you know what the status is. I think in the East, if you're talking about who moves up and who moves down, you know because Milwaukee is a team on the rise. Um, you know there's several teams. The Knicks are a team that's talking about wanting to compete for the eighth playoff spot. You know so you assume Charlotte is in that mix of teams trying to hold on and I think 
Yeah, I think Charlotte's that team in the East that on is in bubble. danger. Yeah, of being in, yeah. on that on that playoff bubble. I agree with you there, and I think Charlotte last year was able to kind of take a lot of teams by surprise, and uh, this year they won't be taken so lightly. By all right, Lang. Well, I I would say we have uh, yapped enough uh, between the three of us. Now it's time to bring in our special guest on the regular season opening debut edition of the Hangtime Podcast, man who needs little introduction, seeing as how uh, he's the only guy I can think of who draws more fire on in the comment section of the blog than LeBron James, NBA Commissioner David Stern. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be here again. Yes, glad to have you back. Apparently, we didn't scare you off the first time. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How are you, Commissioner Stern? I'm well. Getting ready Good. for this. Getting ready for the season. Where are you going to watch the game tonight? Are you going to a party somewhere? Or? Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm here in L.A. I'm going to give out rings, and then tomorrow uh, night we're going to help open up the Prudential Center for basketball in Newark, New Jersey, the Nets' temporary home for the next two years, and then. Um, Going to Orlando to open up their new building, and then going to Miami, opening night in Miami, and then opening night in New York. Is wow. that enough? Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's I just a got back from a week in Europe at four games and a week in China at two games. So, wow. It's a good schedule. It's been a good preseason. <laughs> I just got back from a week of vacation. So. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have the life. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Stern, I – I keep reading uh, in various places about this being the most anticipated NBA season, quote-unquote, ever, which I'm not sure if I'm ready to buy that. Uh, But in your estimation, in all your years as commissioner, does this strike you as the most intriguing start to an NBA season because of all the extra stuff that's going on? Yeah, I think it really promises to be an epic year because obviously – You've got the Colossus rising in Miami, <laughs> and the Celtics don't plan to go anywhere quite yet. And Orlando is, uh, you know, been beefing themselves up. In New York, they're thinking that they have a potential playoff run in them. Mm-hmm. And that's just four teams. Uh, the Bulls are, you know, the Bulls loaded up a little bit. It's too bad that uh, Carlos Boozer is injured, but he'll be back you know, on the trail. The Hawks think they may have gotten a bit better with a team that did very well last year. I mean, I could go down the roster. Who wants to go to Texas? <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, Portland, uh, you know, with or without Greg Oden, is there still a powerful team? Um, it's uh, And Kobe has all the incentive he needs now because right. everyone thinks we should mail the uh, – <laughs> mailed the trophy to Miami, and he uh, told me we shouldn't mail it there yet. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Is there a particular storyline you're looking forward to, to following this year, no, or, the, or are you not allowed the, to? By the way, the beauty of this sport is that there is no storyline. Right. You know, I mean, everyone is focusing now on the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant showed himself. Uh, to be this extraordinary, glowing superstar and talent. And, you know, who knows? Let's see how that goes. Uh, I was there when they opened their building for the uh, playoffs, the first playoff game, when they beat the Lakers, gave more they could handle. Uh, In fact, I think they played the Lakers about as tough as anyone did in in last year's playoffs. So, 
So that's really exciting. But who knows? I mean, we'll see what happens. Does Shaq have another championship left? Is uh, is Bynum going to be playing? And is, is are the Lakers going to be stronger than the Heat? Uh, I don't know. And uh, you know, is is Diago Splitter the center that Tim Duncan needs to? Uh, to uh, give him the relief that he needs. So right. if you're a fan, I mean, I read all of the preseason stuff. I don't understand any of it because <laughs> it's fun. You know, I read the SI and the ESPN, the magazine, and the sporting news and all of the prognosticators, and it's uh, fascinating for me. To Slam magazine. <laughs> you know, why not? I, I used to do it when I was a kid, and I still do it. I can't get, it's a bad habit that I just uh, have kept with me. Right. Commissioner, there, there's also – some other news, you know, obviously last week um, in some of the discussions that went on, you and uh, the union chief, Billy Hunter, talked about where the league stands in terms of the uh, CBA negotiations. The, the word contraction was used, and I know that frightens a lot of people, but is it all a part of this process? Everything has to be looked at? Well, you know, we're dealing with lots of very difficult issues. The U.S. economy is uh, – not going to improve anytime soon, uh, and we're spending extraordinary sums of money really to stay in place, in effect, to service our clients, to service our fans, to service our sponsors, to just generate all of the money uh, that's necessary to support this place, this league. Um, the uh, trying to expand outside, the, expand the business outside the U.S. It's very promising, but it costs enormous sums of money as well. Um, and we're, you know, we're we're going into collective bargaining. We're in it, and uh, you know, there are lots of negotiations that are going on. It never is just us and the players, although that's one part of the negotiation. The other is really we have to, you know, decide what the revenue sharing model should be for the NBA, and that, in effect, involves interests of teams that are differently situated. And in that context, sometimes the issue of contraction comes up. Because if you're going to cut a team in for a share of network television revenue, and there's a check that's sent from the league to a team for over $30 million every year, uh, and you're going to give revenue sharing as well, so the you know some teams are heard to say, well, why shouldn't we just uh, be a little bit smaller league? Uh, we wouldn't have to pay as much in revenue sharing, or and we could use that money to get a little smaller. Right. Uh, that's just an issue. I don't think it predominates, but it's a fair discussion, sure. and there are different views amongst the owners about you know where the collective bargaining needle should land on what the split is with the players and i have no doubt there will be a discussion amongst the players as to where the split should land on the player side right. as the as the pot gets divvied up between you know the superstars on the one hand the mid-range players on the other the entry rookies on the third so there's a very complex set of issues that are coming to bear uh, at this very difficult time in the nation's economy, how is this something you think we're gonna we're gonna be hearing about this all year uh, until the summer, or is well, this something it's, that it's, it's all is... too delicious? So the media <laughs> wants to focus on it. I don't blame them. If I were in the media, I would go too. And then 
everything that somebody says gets taken as a statement on itself. And it's not, right. you know, I mean, as I described to you, contraction is an inevitable subject of discussion. Sure. And then it gets uh, said, well, NBA threatens contraction. Uh, that's not so. Uh, right. In fact, I, uh, you know, I've uh, spent my life expanding <laughs> the NBA. But, but I recognize the issue, and it's a serious issue, and it's something we have to address seriously. Uh, and we've got this loss that goes with the, you know, it's an anomaly. We're generating lots of revenue. We're doing fine, but we're not making a profit as a league. Some right. teams are. Most teams aren't. And we've got to address that, too. All in all, you know, it gives me a headache to discuss with you guys, actually. <laughs> but, but, you know, I don't have a choice. I have to discuss it, and I have to do it. So, like they say, it's a living so, uh, you know, and eventually there's going to be a deal. We right. all know that. And so the question is, how can we get there with the least amount of harm to our business interests right. and our fans? Uh, 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 well, let's talk about something else. <laughs> that Good. People, I'm all for that. that. Well, let's talk about something else people have been talking about the last few weeks, and it's the, the new technical foul rules. They, they've been called a lot quicker and uh seems like in the preseason than we've seen before uh, what's your take on the way this is starting to to bear it'll be fine we you know the the issue for us is we've got a you know players they don't complain in high school they don't complain in college they get to the nba they you know they they get graduate degrees in complaining <laughs> and and that's not a good thing for their for for our players because they're so talented, we don't want them to be seen as you know, complainers. And right. I've been now I've been involved with the NBA for more years than I'm going to admit on this phone call, and I've never seen <laughs> a referee change a call or make a call because a player complained to him. <laughs> so why are they doing it? You know, let's yeah. get over it and move on. Right. Yeah, I'm, uh, Commissioner. I'm also curious too. LeBron James, his his name has obviously dominated the headlines since the summer, and uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to view the new Nike commercial he has out. Um, you know, I just someone just sent it to me, and I didn't see it. Okay. What does it What does it do? <laughs> yeah, so that's a good that's a good question. Sell <laughs> some uh, shoes. It's, yeah, he, it it basically is him addressing all of the things that have gone on surrounding him in a very interesting and creative way. In about ninety seconds. <laughs> okay, all right. But uh, to a to a bigger point about LeBron, um, the, do you feel like when you're getting the kind of attention he's getting these days, some of it good, obviously, some of it bad, but the awareness about him in the league, the way that drives interest, is that kind of a one of those situations where people say any PR is good PR? Well, you know what, uh, I think. It's interesting. I, you know, I don't even know the answer. When I, when I think about it, I'm not even sure I understand all the dynamics. Sure. I think that, uh, you know, it's enough of a story, LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, that it doesn't have to have been fueled by the uh, ill-fated decision mm -hmm. and his uh, failure to notify Cleveland before he left. Right. Uh, but that's, you know, but that's all, that is so much water under the bridge, and now people will be focusing on whether that team, which has got these three great players, and Pat Riley has put together some really interesting uh, players around them, 
that's the question. What about what about the role players around them? Uh, whether it's Adonis Haslam or Mike Miller uh, or Zajunas Ilgauskas or Mario Chambers. You've got a lot of interesting parts there. And as a fan, I'm really curious to see it. And I think that, I think thus far, I think we're fine. And I think LeBron's fine. All of the publicity is going to drive people to want to see how good this team is. And I think we'll pick up a few new fans who are going to tune in just out of a sense of curiosity. Sure. Uh, Commissioner, are, are you just glad we're not talking about the uh, NBA dress code anymore? <laughs> if it weren't that, it would be something else. You know, <laughs> dress code. You know, the funny thing about the dress code is uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, people don't know it, but the dress code requires you to wear, you can wear jeans, a pair of shoes, and a short sleeve shirt with a collar. <laughs> people think our rule is tuxedos <laughs> and uh, our players are so far beyond and ahead of that curve that it's uh, great to see sure commissioner we we talk about all these rules and all this other stuff you're in la on ring night um what do you what do you get to do before ring night other than y- yap with us that that lets you enjoy some of <laughs> Well, this this I, new season started. You know, uh, that's not my job to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, you know, I just had a luncheon uh, at the Clippers practice facility, just about the nicest practice facility, or one of the nicest in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a lunch with their partners and season ticket holders and some media and the team. Uh, and that's good to see a team that's as excited as they are. Mm-hmm. Baron Davis looks to be in great shape. Uh, you know, Blake Griffin is looks to be in really, really top form. Uh, Chris Kamen, uh, you know, really good stuff. Okay, it's uh, it's fun to watch that team, and we they were at a practice too, and uh, you know, and then I get to talk to you. <laughs> I get to. I'm sitting here in an office at the practice facility. I'm going to get to talk to some owners. And I have calls to make. And then I'm going to go over to the building. I'm going to go through the practice for the ring ceremony and then spend 45 minutes with the media who are going to ask me about respect for the game, contraction, Billy Hunter's reaction to the way I raised my left eyelid or my right eyelid. And, uh, you know, and then we'll just keep on, you know, banging away till we make a deal. Sure. Uh, and then tomorrow morning I get up and – and the next thing you know, I'll be at Newark Airport, uh, and I'll be heading over to the Prudential Center, and that's fine. <laughs> sure. That's uh, you know, I'm gonna. I get to enjoy the game really when I can close the door of my library, and put on my uh, or you know, and put on my large screen, and <laughs> scream at the screen, okay? <laughs> you know, and argue with and argue with the officials. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's exactly. the fun part. You ought to well, invite Rasheed Wallace over. He can watch well, the He's good. Got time. We would have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about arguing with officials, what what can you tell us about the new instant replay modifications you know, for this season? Just, just continue the march to get it right. That's all. To, to right. drive to get it right without killing the pace of the game. Sure. And that's what we're doing. Uh, I can't even sit here and name all four, but, you know, who knocked the ball out of bounds? Did the ball touch the rim? You know, uh, uh, you know who should the foul have been called on? Who should shoot it, et cetera? It's, uh, 
it's just uh, you know sort of inching its way to where the best balance is for instant replay. Sure, Commissioner. For so many years, there was this talk of you know uh, where the where the league would go beyond you know the United States and all this other stuff. What are the long term goals you see in sight for the leagues for say the next decade or so? Where yeah. where do we go I, next in terms? A, you of know, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, you know, I've said this before. I think that if you were looking at a chalkboard, and I don't have one, you'd put you'd say Europe. Let's put a division there. Mm-hmm. When do, when when our sport is popular enough, we have enough buildings, we can get the owners and the right TV deals. Uh, China, let's use our expertise to help their domestic league, you know, sort of partner with the NBA and 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 become a powerhouse league and improve the grassroots of the game. Uh, you know, Africa, let's let's focus on grassroots. Uh, basketball without borders, clinics and the like. Let's grow the game. There's an extraordinary amount of talent in Africa, mm-hmm. and there's uh, you know, and uh, Latin America. You know, maybe we tie together with the soccer clubs, and we we see that as a D League ex- expansion opportunity mm-hmm. uh, in Latin America uh, because the quality of play of the D League is getting to be so high. Uh, I really believe it's the second best basketball in the world at this point. So, you know, different, different strokes for different continents. Sure. Has this the same global economy that we talked about earlier? Has that impacted at all the ambitions of of what the league would like to do? You know, yeah, yes and no. Uh, it's slower than we thought, but rising nevertheless. Mm-hmm. And when we look at uh, seven hundred million handheld devices formerly known as cell phones in China <laughs> and 400 million in Africa and 600 million in India you now know that people can get their NBA league pass broadband or NBA league pass wireless all over the world right. and they will watch our game and they will play our game absolutely it, well isn't part of it also as far as expansion not just financial but the facilities need to be in place in other in other countries. The NBA ready arenas. That's right. Uh, but you know, uh, ten years ago there weren't, or even five years ago. Now there's the O2 right. in London. There's the O2 World in Berlin. Um, there's the there's going to be, I think, with the Expo uh, in Milan in 2015. There's going to be a building in Milan. It's really going to be an incredible opportunity for us to see these buildings all over the world. And right now, when we went to China in 2004 with Houston and Sacramento, we played in Shanghai and Beijing in two really uh, last-century buildings, practically. And now there's a brand-new building in Shanghai, the Olympic facility in Beijing, and the, a, grand, a brand-new one in Guangzhou that will knock your socks off. And so that's beginning to happen in a uh, in a really interesting way. Well, that's awesome, Commissioner uh, Lang, and I would volunteer to uh, go on any reconnaissance missions you have. Uh, yeah, I don't think you guys are tough enough. <laughs> just, we're just throwing it out there, sir. You wouldn't. I think jet lag would take over, but um, I'm going to keep it in mind. Okay? We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Listen yeah, yeah. and. Enjoy ring the ring ceremony tonight in, in your busy schedule. I'm sure we'll see you on uh, television uh, in the next few days. So I'll, I'll wave. Thanks yes, a lot, guys. give us a little, give us a shout. Thank you, Commissioner. Thanks, Commissioner. Be good. Lang, uh, 
I, I love talking to that guy um, mm-hmm. only because the perception of him and the reality that every time you, you have a chance to speak with him is so different. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I know he's he gets uh, branded as kind of this, this real heavy as a, as a commissioner, but uh, he's never come off that way. I, I remember we were sitting at a function at the All-Star game or at All-Star weekend a few years ago. I can't remember if it was in Las Vegas or somewhere where we were sitting next to each other like one of those Sunday morning it was in Vegas. Was it yeah, Vegas? Yeah. It was you and me Sunday morning in Vegas. Yeah, and we and I, I was sitting there thinking how hilarious it was that we were sitting in there, and then he like he said something about you in front of everybody, and it reminded <laughs> me of how hilarious of a guy he was. I was thinking, yeah, he blurts out and blasts on Lang in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I've interviewed lots of people, not just athletes. And, sure. And I think he's one of the smartest people to inter- you know that I've interviewed, and. He, uh, the, you know, the way he speaks and he is, he answers a question, but he answers it from several different angles. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I love getting the chance to speak to him whenever we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, he actually answers questions too. Like you've interviewed yeah. GMs and coaches and, you know, we interview players all the time and you hear, you ask a question that you don't get the answer to. He actually answers all the questions, which to me is like fascinating. And you talk about a guy who gets a lot of heat, like, I posted some stuff on the Hangtime blog in, in with LeBron's name in it, and he people get fired up about it. But you put David Stern's name on a blog post and watch his haters, you know, come out of the woodwork. You got to have some pretty thick skin to uh, to do his job. So yeah, um, yeah, we appreciate him coming on with us again. Uh, it's the second time we've had him on. The last time we had him on um, was before, obviously, the. Uh, Miami 316, as as somebody sent me a suggestion for a new nickname for the Heat, which uh, which <laughs> which plays off of all of the the num- jersey numbers of uh, LeBron yeah. James and Chris Bosh and Wayne Wade. I I think it'll be interesting to hear from him again around All Star break when we'll get a chance for sure to see him and 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 hear what he has to say, and then at the end of this season, depending on what happens with you know the the collective bargaining agreement negotiations and whether or not this heat team lives up to all of the hype that that obviously has the league and fans around the world eager to see you know how things play out so i'll be i'll be very curious to hear what he has to say in the future as well yeah me too me ask too, you guys this the one thing that he said that i that I, I, that made my ears perk up was uh, about the d league being the second best i know uh, we, i, I did the, the same thing yeah yeah what what do y'all think you think that's uh think that's the case i don't know i mean it's, I don't. I, I mean, don't I know. Think there's some of the leagues in Europe are, are probably better. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, I, I think the D leagues definitely improved a lot. And I, I got the press release earlier today. There's something like 60 guys 63, in the yeah. NBA, 63 former D leaguers in yeah. the NBA opening day rosters. I mean, there are 84 international players in yeah. in, in the league, which is well, a record. So I mean, it's it's, it's definitely the D league's definitely better. But I mean, yeah. also remember he's. He's he's the <laughs> commissioner of the NBA, and right. so he's gonna, you know. I think it's interesting though that you could even throw that out there and it be a debatable topic now because you you know as recently as maybe four or five years ago, somebody would have laughed you out of the building when you said something like that. Right. Um, I don't know that I agree with that, but I I think it's certainly worth debating. And and the real problem is, and one of the things I like that he talked about is it is I think it's long overdue that we have some sort of way to measure the best yeah. the best basketball you know i mean 
technology and everything else is set up for it. It's just a matter of a league taking that dip you know, be and setting up a division always, or whatever. They always do so much of the experimentation with the D-League. It'd be cool to see them do some sort of like maybe a tournament, you know, take some of the best teams in Europe and put them up against the D-League teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and just, just for uh, the sake of a pure moneymaker, could you imagine like if you took the t- the top – four EuroLeague teams and, you know, the teams that make the NBA's Final Four. Nobody would do it because they're exhausted by that time of year. But just for hypothetic sake, could you imagine if you had an eight-team tournament with the top four from Europe and the top four from the NBA, like, you know, in July in a year when we don't have a world championship or something to worry about? How sweet would that be just for, what about for basketball fans? Instead of an all-star game, for one weekend, a knockout, one game. That would be you know. sweet. One and done tournament. That would be sweet. All those teams or something. And you say you knock that, but I mean that would make money, and I it guarantee be, you it'd get some. TV. Oh yeah, it would be it would be a global. Man, I mean people would love it. Yeah, I yep. don't think there's any doubt about it. We, I think Lang, we need to copyright this before, and then like <laughs> we own it now. We have a, <laughs> it's we have ours a, now. <laughs> you said it, so it's intellectual copyright. Exactly, it's ours now. But listen, um, and I and I will refuse to. To let go of my word this week, I'll come up with something else next week. But this week is listen. <laughs> we should do like on Pee Wee's Playhouse, like the word of the week. And every word time of the week, listen, Mike and I'll just scream. <laughs> well, then we then we got to get the same buzzer for Michael when he says "well." And all right, you know. But um, but it's been it's always a, a treat to have uh, people in in high ranking positions on the show, and I'm not sure we can get much much higher ranking than. Uh, the commissioner of the league, David Stern, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. You know the season is upon us if we're talking to David Stern, so that's a good thing. Lang, I know you're going to be out uh, at games probably, watching games all all the time between now and next week. I'll be doing the same on uh, League Pro- League Pass Broadband because I do have League, League Pass Broadband and actually sold somebody else on it on Twitter the other day. They sent me a tweet saying, hey, I got Comcast. I live in Philly. How in the world am I going to watch my Hawks? And I was like, let me see. I sent I sent the leak link to League Pass Broadband. And they were like, hey, thanks. I just signed up. I was like, I, I want my commission for that sale. But <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm exactly. ready for the season to get going. Yeah, man. I, I am definitely ready. I'm tuning in nonstop. Um, I'm going to go back to my four hours of sleep a night. And, Good luck uh, to your uh, Smyrna Spartans this weekend. Thanks, man. I, listen, I appreciate that. We need it. And uh, hopefully next week when we're on, I'll be talking about our thunderous upset and how we're moving on in the in the playoffs. So we're on to face right. the uh, Dekula Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I don't care what the name is. We just we just need to win, baby. But listen, thanks, Lang. All right, guys. Uh, talk to you soon, man. And for everybody else here at the Hang Time Podcast, Micah Hart, our super producer, the lady behind the glass over there, Christy. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and LangWinner. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... 
Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.